Oh, oh hey. Went through. Nice. The way you said hello there sounds like a man with a stomachache. Oh, man. I don't really have any notes. You any I notes? don't have anything. I have nothing. Yeah, nothing. Me either. I have Just sat down. Except the vague sense that it's time for us to record again. Yeah. It's kind of nice that you get that like every month or so. You get this feeling. You're not? <laughs> Sometimes I do. Yeah. No, mainly it's people. It's like two people in my life asking me when the next one's coming out, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That is good. It tells- the, fans, <laughs> the fans want it. They, they, can't, they can't get enough. Do you have a check-in round well, question? What you? What do you uh, yeah, we're about to see each other for Thanksgiving. All right, here uh, we go. I got, I got one. Go if you ahead. don't have one, you, you can go then. Um, date, marry, kill, Thanksgiving food edition. Oh, okay. What three are you bringing to the table? Yeah, date, marry, or kill. Okay, you're not, you're not making me choose between three specific ones that you're going to no, lay out. Or guys, just you all? Choose, no, no, you you choose. Okay, I'm gonna kill cranberry sauce. Kira's gonna be upset with me, but I do not like cranberry any any version. Things that look like cranberries, things that look like a can. I don't want I don't want any of it. Uh, so I'm gonna kill that. Uh, I'm gonna marry mashed potatoes because that seems reliable. They're so good, always good. <laughs> I would assume that gravy gets to be part of that. I don't have to add that on extra. I'm, you know, little, I'm going a little polyamory. <laughs> yeah, a little a little bonus gravy. And then I'm because uh, we're doing an appropriate version. I'm gonna I'm gonna date. Uh, oh, what's what I want? I'm gonna say pumpkin pie. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my lineup. I killed. Okay. Yeah, I feel comfortable killing cranberry sauce. I feel like that's the right move. Okay. What about you? I'm also dating pumpkin pie, which is awkward. <laughs> uh, I'm, we'll, we'll I'm figure marrying it out. stuffing. Yeah, I bet you would. That seems like something you'd marry. And I'm killing green bean casserole. Ow. You don't like green bean casserole? Not really. Not really. And there's nothing else on that table that you dislike more than green bean casserole. But uh, dry turkey. The, the sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows in it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't like that either. That's gross, right? It, it, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I, I struggle to like a sweet potato straight up and down. In reality, like you know, I eat them, but I don't. I don't love them. And then you put marshmallows in there; it feels like oh, I love. I'm doing a good thing. So much. I just ate some to, for dinner. We roast them up: a little olive oil, a little salt, a little oregano. Mm. Does it feel wrong to include something like processed, like a like a marshmallow, a marshmallow? on top of that? Yeah, yeah. it does. That's gross. That's fair. It seems like a very like doesn't that seem deeply like a Midwestern like took a southern dish and then we just made it gross. Like yeah, we're like, what's like this a casserole, but we <laughs> from like the seventies? Yeah. Like it's the era of like gelatin and, and I guess marshmallow and we ruined something that yeah. I think could just be fine as it is. Yeah. But all right. All right. Well, um what are you looking forward to for Thanksgiving? Uh, I guess I feel like the right answer is supposed to be seeing you, seeing my brother. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I feel like I walked uh, hopefully right into that and did that role. Um, I'm excited for well, the Lions are good now, so it's like rare yeah. that we've ever got to watch a. Watch, like a they're gonna lose, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's like the best but, they've literally ever been in our lifetimes, and yeah. the one game that like really matters, other than like Super Bowls, Thanksgiving, and 
I can see it being bad. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited at the prospect of like sitting yeah. down to watch the Lions and having it not be like this. Like every year you Depressing. sit down to watch the Lions, it's kind of like, uh, this is going to be sad before we eat Thanksgiving dinner. It's been that way yeah. for both of our entirety of our lives. So I'm um, excited for that. We're going to visit uh, Kira's family's coming up for Thanksgiving and they got like a cabin on the west side of the state. So kind of after our Thanksgiving, we're going to go over to the west side, do Thanksgiving over again. The west Coast. Yep. The West Coast and hang out in South Haven and play board nice. games and eat Thanksgiving again. Double, uh, double giving. Yeah, two, Thanksgiving, man. It's been great. Um, you can say and Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. That's my two things. Yeah, double, double Thanksgiving. And yeah, I mean, it'll be nice. I, apparently, a lot of our family is coming. I didn't realize how many of our extended family will be there, but uh, I think well, it's going yeah. to be a cool 35 people total. What? Now, granted, Sperlins carry 14 of that. That's our family really coming in. Okay. Uh, coming in hot. Uh, uh, Sean, Sean will be there. Sean's going to be there? I know. I figured I'd start off with the exciting one for you. Woo! <laughs> I didn't know that. But yeah. Uh, some cousins I feel like we haven't seen in a while. Uh, so yeah, it'll be nice. Usually, I think the past nice. couple of years, our Thanksgiving has been kind of just like Sperlin centric. Um, so it'll be nice to get some some extended family in there. And I always forget how big our extended family is and how many of them have children yeah. that are getting old <laughs> i know old old children it's weird yeah it's weird uh what about you what are you looking forward to you guys are flying here wednesday yeah, I don't above, know. uh wednesday evening You're gonna be flying in and i'm looking forward to watching the red wings with whoever's around on wednesday and friday and thanksgiving food are we going for a run we can it's gonna be cold. You said you wanted to. You're the one that asked about a turkey trot. Well, no one asked about a turkey trot. trot. And everyone mocked me, and no one actually responded <laughs> like with with any sort of sincerity. And then you you sent me a message in the brother chat. Well, my loving girlfriend was like, well, "Was Sam asking that because he wanted to go do one? Like, was yeah. maybe you should just follow up and see if he was really trying to get a, a Thursday morning a jog? Sure, I'll in run. No, no, I don't want to go down okay. and do like the actual thing. Yeah. I think we should do a little homegrown version where we like yeah. end somewhere and then eat breakfast or something. <laughs> but then we'll be all sweaty. It's, you know, it's fine. As long as the breakfast place isn't that. I feel like you could end at a Coney Island. <laughs> yeah. In where I'm staying, they got a nice breakfast. <laughs> sure. It's actually legit good. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on holiday and breakfast. I've got thoughts. Well, I, I think based on the notes we have for this podcast, we might need to waste some time on your holiday and breakfast thoughts. Is this maybe going to be the first episode where we don't actually talk about work at all? We can tangentially maybe, or we could just completely ignore it. I'm fine with either option. Thanksgiving um, edition. Yeah, it's just yeah, I'm fine with that. It's late. I didn't. Uh, I kind of forgot I had this until like ten minutes ago, and my watch reminded me. So. Yeah, here. that was my fault because I bailed last week and I somehow feel – I tell you, like I get this feeling that, it's oh, it's time to record, so we just got to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like a groundhog in that way. Um, yep. Uh, I, was, I listened to this podcast that – it's a triathlon podcast and they have like a format where they answer questions and they were mm-hmm. talking about how the, um, people get mad if they take too long to get into the main part of the podcast because they're just spending too much time up front, like talking about nothing. Yeah. And um, it made me chuckle because that's all we have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every now and then you got to give them one where you never actually get to the meat of the podcast. And yeah. everyone's sitting around like they've so. done the check-in they've done like, they're doing a little bit of that banter they do, but surely at some point 
We'll get to that oh, juicy farm content, cancer, baby. No, yep. I'm I'm already running out. I I am curious what's going on at the farm in these cold days. You're just gonna leave us all hanging on a holiday and breakfast like that. You're gonna leave us all, oh, all you wondering what your thoughts. Are. Good man, it's good. What makes this one good? Is it, is it a buffet? Crazy sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Do they have? What would you they say have the a machine that makes pancakes? I've seen those. Is it where you wave your hand? What? Is it that machine? Have you seen that Magic? machine? <laughs> it's a machine. You, that actually, has you a like little... turn into a wizard and you just cast a spell by waving your hand and then you have pancakes. Pre- if I was going to be much. a wizard, that would probably be top three uh, spells that <laughs> I would want to s- know. What's yours? What? Uh, my top three? <laughs> top three spells to know as a wizard. I mean, you know, probably bring people back from the dead, healing, and necromancer, then, and then like a waffle machine. Well, like, oh, the same, the same thing, but waffles. Waffle? Yeah. I'd rather, it'd I'd rather be, be a waffle. Be arch nemeses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would okay. be us. All I'm saying is, there's a machine where that has like a little detector thing where you kind of wave your hand and then it drops uh, some some pancake juice onto a conveyor belt and it and it cooks it. Okay. Um, but I thought that maybe that's what yours was. But you have to make your pancakes. No, you push a button. Oh, okay. It's not it's pretty similar. You, gotta you just don't get the motion. <laughs> it's pretty little. That's, yeah. that's a lot and of work. Have, you know, kind of classic scrambled <laughs> eggs, stuff, which are always kind of gross, but whatever. So usually some sort of meat. And then they've got, God, I sound like the lowest, like yeah. trash person, don't I? I'm so excited yeah, for excited. holiday and breakfast. Uh-huh. I've got, they've got free water down there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is their coffee well, good? It's actually, no, it's horrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I really. We should definitely end up your holiday in for breakfast. It sounds like where I want to be. <laughs> do you, okay, do you love we'll, a we'll figure out. We'll take the logistics offline. And you want to like meet meet up mom and dad? Do you want to meet at my hotel? I'm guessing it's only me and you. So and, and Joe, but you, Joe, like we said we well, take the logistics offline. Yeah, right. Joe. Joe was running. <laughs> That's true. Oh God, excuse me. I'm sorry. I tried uh, to get that off my uh, right there. <laughs> Should make a mute. They should make a mute button or something to take yeah, care of the sounds probably, of that. Probably should. All right, we can talk about farm? What's going on the gosh dang farm. I'm gonna say the classic thing. I don't remember the last time we talked, but I think it's the same vibe. Which was we're wrapping things up. You know, we're in the wrap yeah. up times, um, and we're finally past the stage. I think a big thing we were doing was was harvesting all of our storage crops. I had talked about potatoes and. Things like that. And we got all of our carrots out of the ground. We had like 3,000 plus pounds of carrots that we harvested by hand this year and uh, pulled out a few other things, some, some rutabagas, some of those things, you know, people don't want to eat. Daikon radishes, watermelon radishes, uh, <laughs> you guys are growing them. parsnips. Yeah. Actually, we sold them all already, which is crazy. I don't know how we did it. I'm not nice. part of that side of the farm. I never get to see where like how they make all this magic happen. But I found out this week that we had sold almost all of those things already. So, um, which was kind of surprising. Somebody's eating them. then. Someone's eating them or yeah. Or someone's taking them from us. <laughs> and yeah, I guess they're buying them for arts and crafts or something. Maybe. Um, so all the storage crops kind of came out of the field and then we're kind of in the, in between time of like putting beds to, to sleep for the winter, but also trying to, um, do that strategically with like next year's crop plan, which that's kind of like the next big step for what the managers will be doing is like planning what's out like what's next year's. For putting so there's like, yeah, you, who would have thought there were so many ways to like 
put a bed to sleep, you know, a, a vegetable bed to sleep. And, um, so basically, you know, you can just leave a field as is whatever the crop was in the ground, whatever was left. Like it's just a bed that has some weeds in it, has maybe some residue from the crop before, let it kind of die over the winter, sit exposed. You come back to it next year and you kind of go from there. That's like, you know, what you do to fields that either you don't have any tarps for, um, don't have the time to get into, like, that's just, you just leave it. Um, and then you can like pre-weed it thinking that maybe you're being strategic and you're pulling out only like perennial weeds that would come back next year. There's certain weeds that obviously like if you leave them, they're going to just be there again. Um, and then you can also, you know, we tarp a ton of, we talk about tarping on all the different farms I've been at. This mm -hmm. farm does a lot of it, which is, you know, those giant black tarps over the field, which does a bunch of different things. But the main thing is, uh, kills weeds and everything underneath. Um, not phenomenally attracts, over the winter. It attracts small animals for your hawk to eat. It does attract small animals. Uh, I think you witnessed the, did you witness a rat at the farm? Yeah, we've the rat Massachusetts at this point uh, on this podcast. The I famous rat. In the rat. And snakes and things, but you know, you cover the field with that to kill weeds, things like that, or, and the crop that was in the ground before. That being said, does it do a lot during the winter when it's not the, the the point of a tarp is heat? You know, like in the summer, trapping heat destroys the crop underneath very quickly. Winter, it does a lot less of that. But um, there's other pluses, which is that like when you pull off that tarp in the spring, for the most part, depending on how clean the bed was when you tarped it, it's like ready to go. It's like you know. Um, it also keeps, it warms the soil so that in the spring, the soil underneath will actually be a better temperature for planting into a lot of things won't germinate in cold soil. So if you're like, it's one thing to just like, if the soil's exposed and able to be planted into in April, the soil temperature is probably really low and most crops are not going to love that. So a tarp will be warmer. Uh, it also protects from like wind, you know, basically different types of erosion, losing your soil through wind, rain, snow. Um, your beds can lose shape over the winter if they're kind of uh, uncovered. So we've basically been trying to decide like anything that we want to plant in the first month to two months next year, like we should try and prep those beds now. By prep, I mean like putting down compost, putting down the wood chips in the pathways, not putting on the fertilizer because I don't think it really, we decided that wouldn't really help the plants to have that fertilizer be down already. Um, but like get the beds looking perfectly prepped put a tarp on top so that when spring rolls around, which is notoriously wet and terrible, hard to get tractors in unpleasant right. for doing field work. If you can just pull a tarp off and these 20 beds are all ready, you can go right into planting without having to like get a tractor stuck or deal with like muddy conditions. So basically we knew the number from this past year. We had like, it's like, it's like the opposite of making your bed in the morning. So at night you get into a nice freshly tucked bed. Yeah. Well, it's the plants are getting into a nice freshly, yeah, <laughs> untucked bed, yeah. uh, especially exposed a bit bed. Convoluted, but it's the same <laughs> basic uh, principle, I think. Yeah, and so last year we realized that you know we used like 150 beds uh, needed up front in like this month and a half time period. We're trying to make sure that we prep and uh, compost and prepare that many beds on the farm. We don't necessarily know exactly where's what things are going where just yet, but on the crop plan we can look at the maps of the fields and be like, these 36 beds are all ready because we composted them, prepared them. They should get planted first kind of thing. So basically we kind of prioritized and then you do that based on crop rotation, not trying to repeat crops too much, but also we're trying to prioritize fields that are uh, crappy to get into in the spring. So like if you know a field's always dry, really easy, pretty flat, like not a problem field at all, 
you don't need to worry about prepping it right now because we'll probably be able to get it there in the spring without an issue. But there's plenty of fields and you like learn all the little intricacies of different fields. Like this one has drainage issues and, you know, we know if it's been wet for a while, it'll be like What's your least favorite very hard. Field? Least favorite field. Uh, you know, uh, two, two West gave us a lot of problems this year. Uh, basically, it was one of our spring fields that was really, really wet. Um, and so we couldn't get the wood chipper in to like wood chip the pathways. There's going to be wood chip by hand with like wheelbarrows and buckets. And the reason we did that was because we wanted to be able to get the tractor in that has the compost spreader. So like if you have wood chip pathways, the tractor is less likely to get stuck. And so in order to be able to compost, we had to put wood chips down by hand in order to do that. So it's one of those fields that's very wet and needs like dry conditions to get into. So we it's prepped for next year. It'd be a great, yeah, great rice paddy, cranberry bog. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like some of the meetings we've been having What's before putting field? these, uh, my favorite fields, uh, you know, uh, three West was pretty reliable. Right You're one it? field over. It's right next oh. to it. Yeah. Shows you how, how much things, how these things can change oh. from just like 20 feet apart. What made it, why uh, do you like it? That field was, it's just, it's, it's fairly square, which not all of our fields are, you know, when you create things by hand, things still end up being a little like cockeyed and skewed, but it's pretty good. It's got no drainage problems. We grew all of our storage carrots in it and they were great. Um, it's, like a, it's just like a nice, it was a nice looking field all season. So I'll have to, I'll have to report back on next year's top fields, you know, yeah. we can rate them. Make a little like metal that you keep next to each of the two fields like top field and worst field yeah we do have a lot of them have like t-posts and stuff sticking out near the edge of the field for like irrigation stuff so i can i can go hang some metals at the end of the year maybe maybe the yeah maybe just best and worst and maybe most improved because i think we we, we put a lot of work (laughs) into some of these fields what was the most improved field don't say well we'll see (laughs) no four west is a problem field four west might be worst field i kind of forgot about that one it also has some issues. Um, most improved, you know. I think I think three and a half east had a real glow up this year. Wait, uh, it's called three and a half. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? Basically, I'm guessing it was before I got here. There was a one east, a two east, a three east, a four east, uh-huh. and then there was pasture in between three east and four east. And then they took part of that out of pasture and turned it into a yeah. field. And rather than confuse people by renaming four and five East to yeah. four, five and six, it became three and a half because they tucked it in between. I love um, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> things that like organizations do because like you just kind of had to, and it made sense at the time, but for anybody who wasn't around at the time, they're like, what? Yeah. Like an artifact of a time where yeah, people, new people come to the farm and like, there's one half field. Like, yeah, there's one half field. It's three and a half East. And have you guys um, talked about maybe giving these uh, fields some better names. This is some pretty uninspired naming. Here's the thing. It's fun to have inspiring and, and clever names. But then but you have to remember which is which. You have to remember which is which. There's a lot of crew on our farm who oh, yeah. come into a new farm. And for there to be, I think there's, you know, I don't know. There's one through five east plus that three and a half. There's four west fields. There's yeah. three south fields and three north fields. They That's already kind of a lot. And I think if I was like, oh, you know, go out to, I'm not going to name them after. What would you name them after? I know some farms do great lakes. Question: What's your next? What would your What would you name a field? I would do all hockey teams, obviously. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can have fun by naming like your the fields that you really hate, your least favorite teams. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like you're you're up there working in the Blackhawk field, and you know. So 
but we have not done that. We've not given the fun names. I think at one point, some structures, some of the hoop houses had names. Um, they were named like Batman and Robin and like different things from, but all of those have, <laughs> have since been renamed back to hoop one and hoop two, but there is still one tiny little hoop house. that's called the penguin. And that's another one that just stuck out. It just stuck around. So there's three and a half East and the penguin, which are like little moments of, I don't know, previous seasons when the naming, uh, changed so can, can you um, make me a promise if you ever own your own farm can i consult in the naming of your fields sure do you already have are you gonna go ridiculous are they gonna be unrelated oh, to each I other no i don't like i don't overthink it i'll just show up on the day and kind of walk around and see what names <laughs> kind of come to me what what speaks to you yeah all right yeah we can do that you may uh, end up with a field um called like Hambone. yeah that's just because you had hambone on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah three and a half most improved. How's uh, it's, how's it's, your yeah. hawk doing? Hawk, I feel like I haven't I haven't seen the hawk in a while. I saw Do a hawk, hawk today. It's um, a good question, and someone Jimmy's going to tell us. My friend Jimmy will write in to let us know if we're saying something very dumb. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they stay around this area. Uh, I saw a hawk today. I don't want to call it the hawk. We didn't like exchange like a, a look where no I could tell look. if it was the one. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been in its usual spots. So, and I haven't seen the bald eagles again either. So we'll see. I don't remember you but, talking about bald eagles. Oh, there's two, at least for one oh, week, maybe. there were we two, there were two bald eagles. Lame. Yeah. Their screeches are lame. Uh, the hawks got the great, the great screech, yeah. the better screech, worse wingspan, but better screech. Um, so no, the hawk. I'm sure it's still around. I'm sure it hasn't has not parted. Uh, any other farm things to catch up on? There's uh, two two of the cows have been have been processed. Uh, that was the plan for the year. Was that two of them would be called from the herd? And uh, how did you make that so, selection? Um, one of them's a steer. Like it was a, a male that was getting close to breeding uh, age, basically, and you can't have inbreeding, and so that made that choice pretty easily. Um, or, I mean, you could have tried to keep them around and like sell them to another farm to use as their bowl. But right. the plan was just like, nah, don't worry about it. Let's just burgers. process the one steer. Um, yeah, burgers. And then one of them, and then one female cow was processed that didn't have any calf this last season. Like she, whether she had problems getting pregnant or what happened, it was the only cow that didn't give birth. And so, wow. and so she was already what do you have to make about herself? Listen. <laughs> You can't think too much like that. Or you'll be a real bad beef farmer if you start getting too much in the heads of the cows. Um, Did you uh, get a chance to buy some of the meat? I haven't yet. There's some there's some meat available. They did sell most of like the the primo cuts were mostly sold uh, in shares to people. Um, I had some burgers at the, the farm party made with our our ground beef, which was they were very good. Um, but I have not bought like a like a prime cut. Um, I have no problem with it, you know. I, I'm not gonna. I wasn't overly attached to these cows like yeah, previous they farm animals. They don't. No, I think that's also strategic. So, uh, a hoop house has more sentimental value than this cow. A hoop house lasts longer on this farm than a cow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so the those, cows are named like the fields: cow one, cow two, <laughs> yeah, cow three. Yep, and yeah, pretty much, and they. Uh, it's cool though because they they process them all on farm. There's a, I think Are I've mentioned before that they did it. Yeah, 
I didn't like stand and watch a lot of it. No, not a lot of it, but it's, um, I think I've mentioned before that there's a butcher who works out of the farm property, Damien. Yeah. He uses one of the old coolers and stick maker too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure if you interviewed enough people on our farm and asked around, there are people who make, yeah, there is someone who makes candles on our farm and there's some people that bake a lot of bread. So (laughs) great. We've got to bring them all together on a special day and sell Rice Krispies. Yeah. You're done. Uh, <laughs> were they? Was it? Oh, wait, I'm I don't think that's what they not. were. Are you sure? Snap, you think Snap, Crackle, and Pop made candles, baked, and <laughs> Why did go I and look that, that The Rice Krispie guys were a baker, a butcher, and a candlestick maker. I can't imagine a butcher is a good occupation for someone selling cereal. <laughs> what was it? What, what happened in my mind? What got crossed? Huh. Anyway. <laughs> so so it happened on farm, but you didn't yeah. hang out and watch the killing fields. I didn't. Um, but I was going to say that, you know, so it's all the butcher is on the farm and does all the processing and, and cutting and, and all that there. And one, it's incredible. One, like how efficient, how quickly he does it. Um, but I thought it was just cool. You usually get that process like all in one location. That is usually right. a major issue with small scale, like meat production is that there's not butchers and things like that that will work with like farms on a, on a one-to-one scale. If I remember so. correctly from your Massachusetts days, then you have to load up all your sheep into a trailer and that yeah. gives a whole episode of content. It did. That's the one thing we're missing out on here is we don't get as much content of, yeah, there was the sheep fiasco of trying to load all them into the trailer. Um, I think there was, I think I, I think we told the story of the guy, the guy that came and helped and did that. Remember he barked like a dog. Then I remember that story where he barked so much like a, like a, like a cattle dog that it's like scared the sheep into the trailer. It was the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he, he was a human Australian shepherd. He was. Yeah. He didn't bring a dog with him, but just on his he own, was like made, yeah, he made the noise and barked and got the sheep, like kind of used it as a herding technique. It was wild. Um, did not have that experience here, but it was, yeah, it was, it was nice. It also, That's you cool. know, our butcher in Massachusetts, their family member, their last name was Blood. Oh, yeah, I remember would, that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I don't think Damien's last name is Butcher or Blood or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, so now we're kind of we're at the point of the season where I think every field field crop, um, not under, like, structures, is pretty much done. Mostly just harvested all of it for Thanksgiving this week, uh, kind of moving through all those storage crops that are in the barn. But, honestly, mo- a good chunk of them are already gone. And yeah, just the things left in the hoop house and kind of doing those last, you know, today I drove a tractor for most of the day composting beds. So a pretty laid back, uh, like fall work, which is nice, but like a chill day. It is a really chill day. It's nice. I pretty much, uh, hop back and forth between two tractors, one that's scooping compost and dumping it in the trailer, then hop on the other tractor, go spread compost for 10 minutes. Podcast all day or. Yeah, podcast and music and just kind of don't have to really interact much. And Sean was doing the same thing, but with wood chips today. So he was wood chip nice. spreading and I was compost spreading and kind of just like, yeah, he spent the whole day just basically vibing on a tractor. How do you decide which one of you does compost, which one does wood chips? I have uh, yet to be trained on the wood chip spreader. So okay. uh, I put, Sean knows, is, we've been kind of like cross trading. John does all of them. He was the first to learn from like Nate, the first production manager to kind of like take on all of the tractor stuff. The idea being that I was doing direct seeding, irrigation, other things. John was kind of all tractor based. And then as we got later this season, we kind of started to cross train and like hand over some of the reins to somebody else, let them learn. So I've been doing the composting and then Sean just got taught the, the wood chipper. So 
Um, John's making himself obsolete, I guess. I got to teach him something. Someday, someday you'll get <laughs> to be the wood chipper. Maybe. They tried to make me the wood chipper or asked if I wanted to learn last week, and I said no. Um, <laughs> I just felt like I had just learned the compost spreader. It's almost the end of the season. I wasn't going to really oh, recall yeah, get, all the information. Confused compost and wood. It's way too <laughs> yeah, similar. I'm, dropping all the wood in the middle of the bed and that would be terrible um it just felt like one of those things i was like you know what i'm the whole idea of this cross training we're doing poop. little bits at a time and so i just said no I'm okay thank you i'll tackle that next season um so yeah that's kind of where we're at and then basically the next in the early december we'll still have all the crew um but i think december 16th is like kind of the last day for the full farm crew with managers kind of lingering after to do the crop planning and stuff like that. But transitioning into my usual UPS stuff still though. Um, I will do that in the off season. When when will that start? It's a good question. I just, uh, it's not interesting story at all, but I've just been fighting with UPS to, to their application process this year was ridiculous and dumb. And so I just finally got past to the next stage where I think I'll find out if I start probably next Monday would be my guess. Okay. Maybe not that early, but soon. Um, but it's been a fiasco even trying to get there. So, hmm. but it's not good podcast material. It's a lot of calling numbers and uh, they don't do in-house uh, HR anymore. So everything's overseas. So it's a lot of people oh, who aren't funny. talking to each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm in, I think. Nice. Do you want to do um, those calls right now on the, on the, on the podcast? No, I don't want to do any more. Here's the thing. We couldn't because we would be on hold for the next 20 to 25 minutes. That's good good Oof. podcast material. <laughs> Just the, the repeated uh, music and little yeah. UPS jingle thing that they give you. So, yeah. Um, all right. But that's, that's it for the farm. I was going to say short and snappy, but it wasn't really short and snappy. I can be short and snappy. Sam, what have you been doing on your farm? What's the ready farm like these days? Uh, a lot like the last time we talked, I think, I mean, I don't, my projects are the same. Still got two of them still doing the podcast, the brave new work podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finished that mini series on the future of HR where I was, I took, uh, Aaron's spot as the co-host of that. We did 13 episodes, 11 of which I think I was on, uh, got good reception uh, and then it's looking like we are going to continue into January with me kind of being the new permanent co-host of that podcast. Um, I love you cool. so much. It'll be a variation on kind of what it has been, but we'll put our own kind of flair on it. So a slightly different angle, which we're still figuring out and maybe some new branding around it as well. Um, but let me tell you, it's real tale of the two worlds uh, coming between this podcast and that podcast uh, in yeah. terms of professionalism <laughs> and um, listenership. Uh, Whoa. Don't yeah, bash them like that, right? That they have less listeners than us, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zoom. That's what you mean? I, I mean, I told them, you know, if I bring the fields of work listenership over to Brave New Work, then we'll be a whole new level. Huge. Yeah, for totally everybody involved. Huge. Well, just to give you a sense, like we last week, a couple of weeks ago, in one of the episodes, we um, told people, hey, if you want to like participate in kind of like a, a group call with me and Rodney, sign up on the website here. We got like 50 some people who signed up, 20 some who came to this session that we did last week. So 
that the people on that call is probably more than our current listenership uh, right now. So it's a little uh, different, different ball game. Really? We also have a producer who like edits things and puts notes. Means you make mistakes. That means you guys make that's mistakes. I mean, I don't make any mistakes. Okay. Rodney makes mistakes. Not me. Never. Ignore the fact that at the end of our last episode of the miniseries, there was like five minutes of bloopers and stuff that got cut out of regular episodes, and a lot of it was was me. Ignore that part. A lot of burping, I'm assuming. I believe it or not, burped very few times uh, on that on that podcast. That's that professionalism you're talking about. That's right. I save it for that. Not here. This is where I warm up. This is where you know I can just let my hair down, let loose, yeah. hanging with. I my can brain. tell. Yeah. For all of our for all of our listeners, they appreciate that. That's how they come to us. It's our cool, right. laid, laid back persona. So that's the main thing that's maybe different from the last time we talked. Um, I mean, my two projects, as usual, can't really go into detail about either of them. The one project is, and I I probably have already talked about these, so I'll just keep it real brief, but kind of working with a accounting firm that is trying to rethink its partner promotion process because they haven't really had one. They've grown a lot. And when you're small, you don't really need a partner promotion process other than all the partners get together and they talk about who should be promoted and then they do that. Uh, But when you get to a size where you have people being put up for promotion to partnership um, who some of the partners have never worked with because they're just that big of a group now, you need a bit of a process to trust uh, that the people that are being put forth who you don't know are worth elevating to partnership because the more people that you have in the partnership, the more it affects like profit share and things of that nature. So you want to make sure you're making those decisions um, carefully and in alignment with what you're trying to do strategically as an organization. So we've been helping them kind of rethink that. And we did like four two hour workshops with this project team to redesign a process or get pretty far down the path of redesigning a process. And now we are in the process. Oh God, I said that word. Uh, (laughs) Rough. rough, Of um, pulling together everything we did in those workshops to put back in front of them as like a version one of, uh, of a, a new, a new process. So that's been going pretty well. And my other project marketing organization, uh, trying to help them with a bunch of stuff, but fundamentally their operating model, um, kind of the way they organize themselves to get after the work has not really been serving them well. So I've been working with a group, uh, a cross-functional group within this organization to rethink their, their operating model, to move away from these incredibly functional silos where each person kind of does their slice on something and then passes it to the next person, the next function to do their thing, which is not a great recipe for having people feel like they own things end to end or the context to make good decisions around various creative things and instead have more multidisciplinary cross-functional teams that own things kind of from end to end. And um, we are in the process there of getting feedback from the main leadership team on what we have designed. And pretty soon we'll be piloting all or parts of the model in the organization to see if it actually helps solve some of the things that they have been struggling with. 
that the fun part you like when it finally goes into like activation mode or for sure because that's when you actually get to see how things are working and make decisions about how to make it better and actually see the fact that oh these things we've been talking about conceptually for a long time actually do make it easier to do better work and we have alleviated a lot of the tension and kind of burnout sort of stuff that originally prompted this work together but it takes a lot to get there and yeah it's can be kind of like I don't know. There's a lot of stuff kind of all wrapped up in that because there are leaders who are going to have people who are going to be um, their first allegiance will be to the cross-functional team and not to their functional team, which is going to be new and people are going to have to become okay with that. So there's a lot of like uh, human emotional stuff wrapped up in the work. And it's not just an exercise of like moving names around on paper. Yeah. Cool beans. Yeah. So that you project much goes off? through like January and then the other one goes through February. We'll see if there's more after that. Are you pretty much off DAO things for now? Kind of super yeah, down. there's not really much happening DAO wise. Although I was invited to give a talk to like uh, a DAO or DAO, the sort of DAO organization uh, in January. So I got to figure out what I'm going to say for for that. But there's nothing else other than just kind of kind of staying connected to some people in the space and kind of keeping one eye on it. I'm not actively yeah. doing anything DAO specific right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Is that because is that is that kind of a, a a whole change in just the world of DAOs, in which case they kind of cooled off for a bit, or is that more of a within the ready? You just have other roles now, and it's not as it's both. It's I mean, there are still DAOs out there trying to do interesting things, but the whole space has definitely cooled off um, in the f- past year or or even longer. Um, but then there was also just the reality of the ready is a small company and all of our DAO work was not really bringing in revenue. So we needed me to be on projects that actually paid us what we need to be paid to exist as a company. Not just your DAO hobby. Yeah. Not just, uh, my DAO hobby when we were all going to get rich from crypto, uh, for no good reason. That's what I was waiting on. Yeah. Well, keep, uh, keep waiting. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't actively participating in the space, but I just thought, you know, somehow. Somehow. Somehow you just get hit with some money. Some residual money will maybe just like smack you in the face. Weirdly, crypto was not too big in the agriculture world. We're still pushing uh, cash. There, I mean. I know you said there was an agriculture. There's some interesting DAOs doing things with like sustainable agriculture and like circular economies and things like that. So there's maybe more overlap than you would necessarily expect. Well, give me some literature on it and I guess I'll have to go read up. <laughs> All right. I'll, uh, next, I'll find that, some, I'll find some literature for you. The next season of the podcast can be um, me getting really into agricultural, sustainable, agricultural dose. crypto as all like yeah. crypto stuff because continues Dice. to fade away. <laughs> yeah. Get really yeah. into it. Well, maybe I can bring it back, you know? Yeah. You're right. That's that, that Max, could be me. crypto savior. Yeah, it's possible. Crypto Jesus. Like they, need, they need one. It sounds like they yeah. need one. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's no reason why it couldn't be me. The guy who no, doesn't understand no what it is. There's no reason you can't be crypto Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what would be stopping me. I don't fully understand it, but you know, that's fine. You, know you don't that have to stop plenty of people in the crypto uh, uh, scene true. from participating. Yeah. So, so there we go. It's an invitation. There you go. 
How's your tummy? Not not well. Should we wrap? I think we should wrap. <laughs> All right, cool. Nice, nice tight one for the holidays. <laughs> well, uh, we won't call this the official end of the season. We can do a uh, a true, maybe with some notes and some prep end of season. God right. knows whatever we're on. Retrospective. For. Yeah. You know, Sometime as in December or January or something. That I would like that on a day where I'm not fighting a stomachache. All right. Sounds good. Later, dude. <laughs> cool. <laughs> See you, man.